The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Gave you a couple extra seconds on the theme song there because uh, my guest wanted to hear that sax. So uh, hello again. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast with Coach Q here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. I am Todd Bloniars alongside Belmont High School head football coach Ian Cuman. Yes, we are back for year number two of this. And wow. want to remind all of you listeners that these shows are interactive. Your participation is welcome. If you have any questions for the coach, log into Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag Q's4Q. Q-S-F-O-R-Q. If you don't remember that, follow us uh, at TOSTBMC and uh, we'll have it uh, always listed there with uh, the links to our podcasts or Toddcast as they may be. Uh, and of course you can follow the coach on Twitter. He is at Q underscore coach along with BHS football, which is at Marauder F ball. And as I mentioned, timeout for sports talk, Twitter handle at TOSTBMC. You can also become a fan of our show by following us on Facebook and searching timeout for sports talk coach. Welcome back to year two. Uh, Thank you. You've been renewed officially here on the yeah, uh, podcast. I, I got, and I, I'm I got very, back. I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad to. Uh, uh, I yeah, know we, there was a little dicey in the contract talks there for, <laughs> for the comeback, but I'm glad that uh, you know our people were able to work something out, and, and we're back. We're back in here. Yeah. No, I'm very glad to. No, it's uh, it was fun last year, and uh, year one went very well. So, like I said, let's uh, keep this going. And you know, one of the things I realized is we were supposed to schedule a show like after our, our last show last year turned out to be the uh, the, the Thanksgiving preview when yeah, we had all the yeah. captains in here, which was a great show, and in some ways not a bad way to end the season. Although the plan was to have you come back in and uh, talk, uh, kind of do a little wrap up of last year. Uh, instead, I guess, well, we'll do that, but I think maybe in a way we'll sort of bring it all together. Of course, sure. this is now, this is year two of, of you being here on the Toddcast, but uh, more importantly, it's year four it is. Uh, for you as uh, the head coach of the Belmont High School football program. 11 wins, 22 losses, uh, three and eight, four and seven, four and seven, your first three years, which looks, you know, some people might look at those numbers and just say, well, they're kind of, you know, consistent or, or you know, <laughs> but here's, I'll bring, let me pull some stats together sure. here and you can even tie this into last season and the way things ended up. The first year, a three and eight record, but your average margin of defeat in those eight losses was over 28 points. <laughs> and now, and you didn't win any league games. Now, we did not. 2015, you go four and seven, average margin of defeat in the seven losses down to 17 points. Okay. Much better. And you won a league game and you had some close losses in there as well. And then last year, another four and seven record but that average margin of defeat in the in those seven losses down now to just under 12 points. So again, you brought that margin down uh, two league wins. So you improved on that. And again, some more close losses uh, in there as well. What yeah. was your thoughts looking back on last season? Because obviously four and seven, two years ago, I know you had a lot of goals. We talked about them last yeah. year before last season. And uh, I know you didn't get to meet as many of them as you would like. But I think, you know, you had to look at the fact that it seemed like your team played much more competitively 2016 compared to 15 and your first year yeah I mean I, I think that from a goal setting perspective you know we didn't accomplish any of the three goals that we set for ourselves as a team and and our team last year and the guys coming back this year they they know that you know we wanted a, a winning record we wanted to uh, make the playoffs and we wanted to beat Watertown um, and we went 0 for 3 
um, on those goals, you know. So we're always very, I think, upfront with ourselves about what we did and what we didn't do, you know. And, and one of the things we talk about is accountability for self. And, um, you know, we had these three goals to accomplish and we didn't accomplish them. You know, that being said, from a coaching perspective, you know, our job is to kind of stack up where we're at in terms of our progression, you know, and I think that when a young coach is coming in for their first year as a head coach, you know, we I'll, I'll include myself in that kind of have these grand visions for how these things are going to work out. You know, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to reinvent this thing. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to win ball games and it's going to be awesome. Um, and it was still awesome in that first year and that second year and that third year, but it's all kind of part of this larger progression towards a goal. So, you know, we were really proud of the steps that we took. Um, obviously two league wins. We beat Winchester again for the second year. Um, and then to beat Arlington in a, in a thriller, um, with I a, should, yeah, I'm not, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off coach, but I just no. want to point out both those wins were at Harris field, which yep. made it great. The crowd got excited and they had good reason. Cause you had a walk off or a kickoff in yep. one, uh, thanks to Aiden in the Arlington game. And then Winchester, you, you know, Ben Jones get the winning TD with like 19 seconds yeah. left. So you had a couple of, you know, fantastic finishes, which really kind of pumped up. Yeah, the, and uh, I mean, we felt crowd. we, we left a couple, you know, we, we felt we left a couple points on the board in both of those games, you know, so we actually thought we probably could have performed a little bit better than we, than we did. Not that we're, we're satisfied with the win um and then we had close games you know against Woburn and and we lost a squeaker without Ben to against Waltham you know and then we we were driving to tie on Thanksgiving day and turn the ball over you know so we say that we're we're about two and a half minutes and you know eight points away from being from being eight and three you know for being seven and four and and that's obviously we'd prefer to be seven and four than four and seven but being that close to seven and four is is not a bad place to be, and it, I think it provides a great springboard for us uh, going into into year four. So yeah, let's uh, well let's then uh, use that to to go into uh, this year. And I guess before we talk about uh, the team, I know practices. This is what the second full week of practice, or yeah, pretty much. Okay. So uh, before we get to that, uh, maybe talk a little bit about you had a few changes on the coaching staff. I was reading your we Facebook did. post where you, you gave a lot of nice props uh, uh, <laughs> to, to your coaches. Coach Hill uh, heading to Matignon for yeah. a coaching gig there? Or is that, uh, uh, yeah, Mikey. And is, when do they get on the schedule? My, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mikey, Mikey is the it's new a, head coach over at Matignon High School, which a coach is, uh, of course is where I teach. Um, and Mike teaches there too. And uh, we're just really proud of Mike. You know, he's, he was our head freshman coach last year. Um, this was a good opportunity to take. He's in the building over there. Um, you know, he's been working at the sub-varsity level for uh, four or five years as a coach. He was working with us over in Stoneham, you know. And, and that's a program that really needed a, an energetic and driven, you know, coach to, to get kids out and kind of, I think, rebuild uh, faith and pride in the program. Um, you know, and, and, and Mike's been doing that. I know they've got over over 40 guys on their roster, freshman to senior. And, you know, for, for us over the Middlesex, that's not great. But for Matt and on over in the CCS, those are great numbers. You know, he's pretty much doubled uh, the numbers of, of, of guys on the field for them. So we're sad to lose Mike. He did, a, he did a ton of work for us beyond just running our freshman program. But, you know, uh, stat coding and Excel spreadsheet creation and all sorts of program administrative work, um, he was a great guy for us in the offseason. We wish him uh, nothing but the best. And we've been we've been joking back and forth. We'll give him a couple of years before we schedule a game or, or uh, try to get him on a scrimmage schedule or something. We saw them at Elite Camp, and uh, one of his wide receivers made a great catch. 
um, against our team. He was playing on a, a mixed team on their on their side and made a great catch. And Mike was standing out, I think, off to the sideline. He gave me a little little knowing smile, and I said, oh, we'll get a joint practice together, you know. And um, So maybe down the line we'll make that happen. Well, that's what I'm thinking, right? It, it might make more sense, or at least you can speed up the process of having either a joint practice or even like a, uh, you know, maybe a, 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 an exhibition or whatever. I mean, or a scrimmage, I guess, would be. Yeah, I as think, opposed to, a, you know, I know the regular season games are probably scheduled at least a, a couple years Yeah, advance, I mean, I think so. right now for them, I, I don't want to speak for Coach, but I think right now, you know, Mike is, is – where we were in year one, which was really trying to instill solid fundamentals and break some bad habits and rebuild from the ground up. And, you know, it's not in his interest or in ours for our two programs to meet right now. You know, um, we're, we have a four year head start on what it is that they're trying to do. And, and we know what it's like from that first year of, you know, having to go up against programs who were long established uh, a lot more than four years too, you know? So, um, you know we're we're letting him uh, we're letting him get his feet wet a little bit and we're behind him and we're already looking at the schedule trying to sync it up so that we can get over as a staff and a program to go watch a game and and support them and you know we got the Mike Hill big heads and the fat heads or whatever they're called and signs and all that stuff so uh, he's a member of our family we wish Mikey nothing but the best and and he's going to do a great job over there. You want to talk briefly about any of your other departing coaches before we talk about some of the new Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, we lost we lost a lot of guys this year. Um, you know, we lost Brian Shea, who was our offensive line coach, got a new job um, that wasn't going to allow him to coach. And, you know, he's a 26, 27-year-old guy trying to develop his career. And, you know, he wanted to keep coaching. But sometimes, as, as the other coach who departed, Brendan Bond, would say that's life on life's terms, you know. And um, he wasn't able to make that happen. And Brian's going to clock in for us a little bit here and there. Um, this year helping with some huddle coding stuff and and uh, maybe helping us up in the box a little bit um, so we were really sad to lose Bri and, and Brendan who is you know I think my best personal friend on the staff you know we we're the closest we were the closest in age and we went back a little bit um, he just got married and he's you know going back to school and finishing up his master's and again kind of had to do these these life things and and you know the door the door wasn't closing on either of those two guys you know they're they're taking care of some business and when they're ready to get back into coaching, I told them I hope I'm their first phone call. And they gave us such a great three years and uh, couldn't be where we are uh, without those guys. And Andreas Christopoulos, who was our assistant freshman coach, we call him Stax, uh, Dre Stax. Um, you know, Stax is uh, he just graduated Bentley and is heading off to, you know, get his MBA and uh, do real life work. And, you know, some of us, I think, sacrifice career progression for football and some people sacrifice football for <laughs> career progression so yeah i don't the six in one hand half dozen in the other mm. <laughs> well good for all of them and uh so as a result of course you've had to reshuffle and bring in some uh you know some new faces and promote some others i guess uh what uh alex avery uh, i know you're gonna well dave Pereira's is back as your assistant yep. this year um, and then alex avery kind of getting a promotion of sorts yep. or he's uh moved up you want to talk about uh, the the whole staff this yeah. year or, the, or the new guys on your staff i mean you know yeah, dave, returning. yeah dave and alex are back you know and, and and dave is kind of a an old hat at this now and you know he's going i think into year six or year seven of his coaching career um he's really coming to his own i think as a coach and it's really nice to have a guy that you can uh trust the kind of high level of operation and is going to speak at the same kind of speak at the same pace as you are um I, I can't do what I do and our program can't do what it does without Dave. Um, and we actually got a really cool uh, picture the other day on our, on our Twitter feed of him working with the young freshman defensive coordinator, Bob Silva, um, who we'll talk about in a second. 
Um, and it's just there's something really, you know, not to get corny already in the preseason show, but, you know, there's something really special about seeing somebody that you taught, you know, teach that next generation of coaches coming up. And, and you know, I'm a relatively young coach, so I, I've never really had that before. Um, and so that was really cool to see. Alex, you know, gave us a great year last year as our wide receivers coach. You know, he's managing our JV program now. He's our special teams coordinator. Um, and he's stepping in to do some positional work also um, to help a, a guy who's new to coaching in, in Sam Perkins, who, who goes by Sam Adams on his on his Facebook there, um, to help Perk kind of learn and develop himself as a coach. Does he have a fondness for beer? Is that why? It's I, he either has a, a fondness for beer or colonial history. Okay, yeah, you know, it's you one of the right. two. Maybe he has a fondness for radical patriots. You yeah. know, I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Sam's kind of come in and he's learning this business and, you know, he's making a long-term investment to this program and has done a great job kind of knowing, hey, I've got to – really listen and learn he was a professional baseball player played baseball in northeastern played some double a triple a ball you know wow. so he's an athlete and he knows athletic motions cambridge guy um so we're excited about sam and uh coach barge is back you know uh, coach barge works in the building um belmont high uh he took a year off last year to, to pursue some personal interests and and he's a great musician so he was working a lot on music and traveling and touring and playing shows and stuff like that and decided wow. he kind of wanted to come back to coaching um, this year and you do you know, guys ever jam together occasion i mean for your yeah I know you know he's a little he's there. a little younger than me so yeah. you know they're they're kind of into this they're they're into kind of that trap stuff the little trap melodic hip-hop blend stuff and, and i'm more of a lyricist and an old school hip-hop guy and um but you know keem's got a great voice too and you know he likes your run dmc and, and sugar hill Gag i'm not that i'm no, not no, that know, old school know, i'm more no, like right. you know biggie and big l <laughs> oh, okay, and method man right. and wu-tang that's no. that's more up my alley yeah, um you just lost to be there yeah no. but <laughs> <laughs> coach barge was my age man no. <laughs> he's, he's done a great job i mean this is a guy who you know he, he had a couple of stumbles as a young coach with us and has walked into our program this year as a as a as a really different guy and he just got appointed the muskrat coach today which is a, a big honor the the muskrat coach is the guy who's responsible for pulling me back when i lose my cool um is that what the must oh i, I we, thought muskrats was like a level below freshman no we something. call it the muskrat coach okay. from uh from meet the parents right because that's the that's the word that dina uses to calm down jack robert de niro's character muskrat oh, jack okay. muskrat so it's been Keem's, a while since I've seen that. Team's job is to muskrat me when I'm getting a little bit outside myself, which okay. I try not to do, but does happen sometimes. And uh, we got a, th a whole new freshman staff. Um, Scott Juicy, who's going to be teaching mm -hmm. physical education at the high school and the middle school. We call him Juice. Uh, coach Juice is the head freshman coach, and he just hit the ground running. I mean, this kid is he's a he's a little you know a little ball of energy. Yeah. This one, he's just <laughs> hit the hit the ground running, and he's just doing a great job with them. And Bob Silva is his assistant in DC, and Bob was the water boy on the Matinon team that I coached that Dave and Brian played for. Uh, Bob was oh. about 12 and after a career at BC wow. high and then on to Nichols, he's now graduated and working at Woburn high and ready to coach. Um, wow. And Tim McShara has joined our staff, kind of a guy who came out of the blue and this guy has a work ethic. That's I'm just impressed. You know, he's just whatever needs to be done to help the program. So, you know, there's a really good, you know, we're sad to lose those guys and they're a part of our family and will always be a part of our family. There's a, there's an, a, an energy in our, in our, our office and on our field that's different, you know, because we got different guys out there and we're loving it uh, right now. It's been a, it's been a really great start in that regard.
Yeah, I mean, you've only been together out in practices for a couple of weeks, so yeah. I mean, you just ask us in November how much yeah. we, how much we still <laughs> like each other, <laughs> right? But but you know, well, how long? You know, let me just ask, how long do you think it takes into a season for for all that to gel together? Especially because you're saying this is probably the most turnover on your coaching staff that you've had in your tenure. I don't know. Um, you know, right now we're clicking together pretty well. I think everybody has kind of embraced and accepted their responsibilities. And, and I definitely see on this staff, and this is true for the last staff too, that there's a willingness to work. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting about this staff, and no knock on Brian or Brendan at all, but there was a lot of pre-existing relationships on our old staff. A lot of guys who had known each other for a lot of years. That brings with it a ton of positives. It also brings with it a ton of old patterns of behaviors in between coaches, you know. And so now where we have guys who are kind of new into the program a little bit, they don't have this pre-existing relationship with me. They don't have this pre-existing relationship with Dave. It changes our ability to manage a little bit. Um, and, and again, no disrespect to those guys, but, but for the better a little bit because there's not this kind of, oh, I'm barking at my friend feeling that, that you get when you're, you know, barking at the guy that you've known for 15 years. Um, and so I think it'll probably take us a season uh, to really see what we got in these in these new guys and in these young guys. I told them, you know, I, I'm loving this analogy right now. I said it's a, a coaching staff. It's like a it's like an outlaw motorcycle club. Outside of the violence and misogyny and 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 oh, okay. all that stuff yeah, aside, take all that away. In terms of the in terms of the organizational structure, you know, because you know Alex Alex is the sergeant at arms, uh-huh. which means that you know he can he can say things, but we can also tell him to be quiet. Dave is the vice president, so he can say things, and I'll never tell Dave to be quiet, but I won't always do what Dave wants me to do, and nobody gets to tell me to be quiet. Um, and these new guys are kind of prospects, you know, they haven't earned their top rocker yet. And we're still trying to trying to feel them out and, and see what it is that they bring. But they're they've hit the ground running in the first two weeks. I've got nothing but good things to say about the guys who are in the office with me. There really isn't another analogy you could come up with closer than an outlaw motorcycle. I'm not saying that we're cra- I just want to be clear. I'm okay, not saying that we're cra- I'm talking about the or the organizational structure. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's been a great a great start staff wise. And, and these, these guys are great guys to be around. And the most important piece of it is um, you can really see how much they care about the guys that they're working with, you know, not coaches, but but kids. And so watching these guys develop those positive relationships and and bring these guys along um, has been great for me uh, uh, to, to watch. It's really an honor to work with them. And they're great. And that's the perfect segue, Coach. I would expect nothing less from you. Of I'm course. getting good at that. But uh, you know, we talk about you know all the new coaches on your on your staff this year. Let's talk about all the new players on your team this sure. year. Uh, certainly, some key players. You had a huge senior class last year that made major contributions to your program, and they've all since graduated. Last I saw of uh, Cal, I think he was uh, catching in the inner city league yep. this summer. He did and, a little uh, bit of that uh, before he uh, heads off to Yale, where I'm sure he probably already is he by is, now. He is there now. He is there now and matriculating. Uh, very nicely so uh you know but you know you look at you let's start there just start the quarterback position talk about who uh who the new uh the new signal caller is gonna yeah. be um you know we were we we walked into cal as a sophomore when we got here you know so we were we were lucky to have cal for three years um here i'll use an analogy back at you when sure. you came in you got radar o'reilly we- <laughs> as your you already got the polished model now you got max Klinger who yeah. just like, stepped into the company clerk role here i mean and now you got to break them in i think <laughs> that, that that you know 
might be bumpy <laughs> at the beginning, but, uh, but it will turn out to be uh, very Yeah, I, I, we got George. George Fitzgerald is taking the helm, and I think that sometimes when you have a guy who's kind of the, 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 the named quarterback for that many years, people forget that there are other quarterbacks working behind them. You know, it's not like we just rep Cal, you know, over the last three years and no other quarterback gets to learn quarterbacking and no other quarterback gets to work. We've had um, good quarterbacks in the system behind him, and George has done – uh, a phenomenal body of work. He got in with Hort, Mark Horton of Horton Health and the Boston Sports Institutes and worked on his throwing motion and his footwork. His feet are are tremendously fast in his read structures. He's a really, really smart um, field general. He commands the huddle. He demands from his offensive line. You know, we were getting a little loose in practice today because we were just having a ton of fun. You know, we were in uh, game simulation, and George goes, he barks and just got in there and goes, hey, this is this is game sim right now. We got to clock in right now, boys. Let's go. You know, and so it's nice to see a guy who hasn't had that experience that Cal had of three years of doing that, you know, getting into the huddle and commanding that respect. He had a great day of practice today. I mean, you know, we definitely had, I think, a couple bumps in the road early on. Our offense is changing a little bit and expanding a little bit. Um but George is a great quarterback, and we are fired up about what he's going to do. Is he of a similar size and frame to Cal? Or, uh, um, he's a little uh, bit skinnier. Okay. Cal, Cal's a little bit thicker. Um, George probably about six foot. Um, so they're about the same height. They're, they're not, there's not too much of a height difference there. Um, George is probably a little faster uh, than Cal is. Cal can throw the ball a little bit deeper uh, than George can. Um, you know, they're, they're different quarterbacks. Um, very different in terms of their strengths, very different in terms of what it is that they, they like to do. Um, and we're excited for George to get his shot. You know, this is a captain now and a kid who's paid his dues for three years and done everything the right way from freshman on up. And it's, it's his time. It's right. Fitzy's time now to take this team and, and make of it what he will. And uh, we're behind him 100%. He's going to do a great job. I'm not – people have people been asking me that question, and, and I, I Cal was my guy for three years. I love the kid. People have been asking me that question for, you know, this entire offseason. What are you going to do? And my answer is we have a quarterback. And this kid is a quarterback, and he knows yeah. his job, and he's ready to go. So that's that's what we're going to do. Well, it's interesting how you talk about uh, about George Fitzgerald here, Coach, because, you know, whereas with Cal, you had him, and he kind of developed and did his development a lot in game situations where George has been performing well in practices and everything, and he's been kind of biding his time and waiting and waiting. Now as a senior, he gets the opportunity to step in out on the field and actually, you know, run this offense. So what would you say is, like, probably one of the, the top strengths he possesses that, you, that you're going to enjoy uh, – uh, having from him and, and uh, you know, what kind of, like, how would you think it's going to change the offense or what modifications will there be in your offense this year? Um, George gets the ball out. His, his, his throwing motion and Cal's throwing motion are very different. Um, Cal obviously is a, I mean, great quarterback, but he's a better baseball player. <laughs> you know, I mean, this kid is a fantastic baseball player. He throws a football a little bit like he throws a baseball. Um, which isn't necessarily works for him, but it's not necessarily the quickest way to get a ball out. Um, George's ball release looks like I is mean, George a multi-sport athlete too? Or he plays rugby. He plays oh, rugby. Okay. he plays rugby right. in the spring. Um, George yeah. George throws like uh, I mean this is he's not these guys. He throws like Marino. Uh, he okay. throws like Aaron Rodgers. These very quick punch releases where the ball comes out vertically. If you go and you watch a guy like Aaron Rodgers throw. Um, you go and watch a guy like Dan Marino throw Ben Roethlisberger, another good example of this throwing motion. Um, the ball doesn't come back 
behind their shoulder really at all. It's it's a step off the back foot and this kind of hip pop, and the ball kind of comes out as a vertical punch. And I was really lucky to have uh, uh, Coach Horton, who was a great quarterback um, and a fantastic baseball player at Harvard, uh, work with George all summer and all spring, and I was there to watch, you know, not coach, um, but really to – you know, I wasn't a quarterback. I was an outside linebacker. <laughs> you know, I know how to sack quarterbacks, yeah. you know. And so I think that that's something that, in retrospect, I really wish that Cal and I had been able to do from his sophomore year on. I think I, you know, I, I should apologize to him a little bit because I think I, I probably failed him a little bit in his quarterbacking development. I was trying to look at all these other pieces that were going on in the program, and I probably didn't do enough work myself to learn the science of quarterbacking. Um, over the three years just because there was so much else going on. Um, that's the thing I really like about George. Um, that ball gets out as fast as anybody, I think, you know, and, and he's got good feet, quick feet, quick feet in his read structures. So we're excited about that. All right. Well, you know, let's talk about the rest of the offense. I mean, Ben Jones certainly gave you an awful lot at the tailback position, uh, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns uh, late in the season. And certainly we saw it in the Thanksgiving Day game as well. Tyler Reynolds uh, making, uh, you know, some plays. And uh, I assume that that's going to be the progression that now Reynolds will be sort of the uh, the top running back. Or talk about talk about the running game and, yeah. and who's, who's um, battling for jobs there. I mean, you know, just like when you when you lose a player like Cal, it leaves a void. Um, and when you lose a player like Ben, it leaves a void. Um, we kind of jokingly call ourselves RBU a little bit because we've had some pretty fantastic running backs over the last three years. You know, we had, excuse me, we had Max in our first year, and then we had Makai in our second year, and then we had Ben in our third year, you know. So we've churned out some 1,500-yard, 15-plus touchdown rushers um, over the last three years, and, and we're looking to do the same here. Tyler is a different back from from Ben, and uh, obviously we got Big Forty Five Adam Deese. So without giving too much away, our our offense is not. There are elements of last year's offense that you're going to see on the field for sure. We've done some things that we think utilize our talents at those positions in a different manner. You know, so uh, we're we're really excited about that. Uh, it looks good out there right now. It looked pretty good in our first scrimmage. We obviously got another scrimmage coming up on Saturday. You know, so obviously Tyler and Adam are, are stepping into that role. Um, and like you said, you, they're, they're two different size and types of runners, too. So yeah. it, it's nice that you have that flexibility. kind of can give two different sort of looks. We're going to be doing – you'll see when you get out there. You know, I, I re- um, we're going to be doing some, some different things. You know, I think there are a lot of people who are going to be surprised by kind of what we line up in and how we how – we, execute our offense you know and then there are some young guys uh killian o'connell is a junior is getting rep there joe hurley is a sophomore with great talent justin rocha who came in from fessenden as a sophomore is a is a good talent at the running back position ryan santoro is a young sophomore fullback who's right behind adam you know so uh, we've kind of always had this vision of working you know our numbers are where we want them to be so that enables us to have these, you know, structures across positions where, you know, here are two dudes and they're seniors, but then there's two juniors and then there's four sophomores. And that's kind of where we've wanted to be for a long time. And, and, and now we're there. So it's, it's really cool to see all of that starting to click together. And young Avery Arno behind George at quarterback. This kid's a stud, you know, so it just keeps just keep on trucking. 
Well, and as we are here trucking with season two of the uh, TOST podcast with uh, Coach uh, Belmont Head football coach Jan Kuman, and we're glad to have you back here uh, in studio, Coach. We're going to be doing this every week throughout the uh, upcoming football season, and uh, we'll also be should point out this first. Uh, uh, the Todd podcast, whatever you want to call it. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I do the marketing thing. But I like whatever. it. I, you yeah. got to well, keep going the, with yeah, that. Okay, we'll, we'll stick with Toddcast. Toddcast, okay. baby. So, uh, you know, obviously this one's audio only, but when uh, there's home games on the schedule that uh, BMC Sports will be broadcasting, we will simulcast these, and they will uh, form sort of a pregame show into the game broadcast, and we're looking forward to that as well because you know how much fun I have when I have to bolt oh, to, when I have to bolt direct and audio at the same time. You know Multitask. Much, you know how much much I love multitasking here at Studio <laughs> B, I got to tell you. But uh, moving along, Coach, uh, you know, uh, those running backs and uh, really the whole offense, I mean, you had the all-junior offensive line last year, and now here they are in their prime, all seniors. I'm assuming all five guys, are they all back this year? I mean, No. That, um, no, they're that, not all back. That, okay, it, then it, let's in the, in. In, the world, in the world of high school football, things can change very, very, very quickly. Okay. Um, you know, we were hoping to return five linemen back. We're returning three. Um, okay. Ryan Noon is back. Caleb Henman is back. By the way, quick shout out to Ryan, one of our followers on uh, oh, Twitter. Oh yeah, Nooners, uh, he's the man. Yes, yeah, he is the man. He, uh, tell your tell your teammates, follow us, and uh, post questions to Q's for Q. No. I know. I, know I don't know if I want to let oh, them okay. well. open up the door for questions. Um, <laughs> so I'm <sorry>. maybe <laughs> maybe Noon, but okay. So there are some that, that probably shouldn't be on that question list. So um, I'm sorry, you said Ryan's back in. in Ryan's back. Caleb Henman is back at the guard position, and Will Lozano is back at the tackle position. Um, Dennis is a is a hot and a baseball player and is having shoulder surgery in preparation for both hockey and baseball which is his are his number ones um so he's out being what we would call what colleges would call a graduate assistant you know he's a ga right now he's and he's learning how to coach and this kid's been working with our coaching staff on the field you know which is really cool to see um and andrew mazzoni uh reclassified as a junior to go to phillips academy andover um so you know that's obviously a loss for us in terms of Belmont High football. Um, well, also probably one of the more important spots on the offensive line. I mean, George is a righty, right? So, yeah. So that's your, you know, there's you know, your that's guy our that's our big that's side. our big left yeah. tackle for yeah. sure. Um, but you know, get a chance to go to a school like Phillips is is an opportunity that I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be holding. Oh, I'm not knocking them. I'm just no. <laughs> I, I'm saying that <laughs> you know I I, I like to say out there because I yeah. I just I don't know, man. I mean, I hear, I think that there are a lot of coaches that that would be really frustrated by that. Um, I'm definitely frustrated by the fact that I lost my big left tackle, but for this kid, this is a, this is a life-changing opportunity. You know sure. what I mean? I mean, this is an opportunity to go to one of the best secondary schools in the nation. And, and so, you know, I wrote a wreck <laughs> for him in that application process. I was behind him 100%. I'm really proud of him. He was around for camp, just hung out, um, you know, with, with the team and he's going out to be a center at Phillips, um, for coach Mo up there. Wow. Um, and, okay. and to play baseball for them. Um, big you Jake. don't see too many tackles making the shift to center, so good. Uh, good no, that's him. where they like him, and and their tackles and our tackles are two very different things. Their tackles, their tackles look like our left tackle looks like right now. He's six foot four, two hundred and ninety pounds. You know, that's Jake Parsons is is filling the spot for Andrew. Um, Jake was a sophomore last year, um, got a little bit of run at the end of the season, um, and there's a, a battle going on for Dennis's guard spot right now, which is uh, in the lead currently is is uh, another junior who looks great out there, Sam Sagarian. Um, you know, so in this regard, I you, you know how we are, Todd. We're you know we're very Belichickian as it comes to when it comes to depth. 
You know, I wouldn't dare put myself in the in the football class of somebody like mm. that. But when it comes to depth, we're very – it is what it is. Next guy up, you know. I mean, we yeah. can sit here and, and wax poetic about how we lost two guys on – or we can get the next guy ready to do work. And that's what we've been doing. And Coach Pereira's down on the offensive line this year doing a great job and getting these guys ready to do work. And they're starting to gel in this second week. And we got some other younger guys, sophomores. Well, Ryan Hoffman, you know, <laughs> Narek Stepanian, uh, Derek See? Brown, all these youngsters, you know, working down there too. So um, we're excited about what the Hoggies are going to be able to do for us. See, unlike Coach Belichick, though, we hope you get to be a little more forthcoming with some of the information. Yeah, we're uh, or that's no, one. That, if I, if I remember correctly from last year's interviews, though, there were times you uh, you didn't want to say much. I'm At least not to, while the microphone. No, was on. I'm trying to. I'm trying to learn. You know, sometimes <laughs> I've been told once or twice in my in my life that I have a fat mouth, which is which is pretty true. So I'm trying to temper that a little bit. Um, talk talk less, listen more. You know. Yeah, there you go. I, w- I wish my mouth was the only fat part of me. But hey, uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the recent to make you spit your water out almost. <laughs> uh, let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, receivers, and then we'll get to defense really quick. Sure. Uh, yeah, Jake Pollock, Jared Edwards back. I'm assuming yeah. they're kind of because uh, Kelvin Martin or Kevin Martin and uh, Dylan Ferdinand uh, graduated. Yep. So uh, who else is in the mix there uh, besides uh, Jake uh, and Jared? Well, Jake and Jared were returners. They played last year. You know, Kevin played more for us defensively than he did offensively um obviously we lost dylan as well um at the kind of tight end spot the slot receiver spot um so jared's had a great camp jake's had a great camp will ellett um who played a little bit at the end of last yes. season had remember, a great catch you, against watertown yeah um, remember will that. is the we call them the string beans because they're they're all tall um so those are the three guys who've really locked down the starting three receiver spots but you know we've got a couple of scat receivers like joe Vialli, um um He's he's had a, a pretty decent camp for himself. Big Luke Hopkins as a senior um, has had a decent little camp for himself. And and again, there are these young guys who are working and grinding. Dewan Moore rising as a junior. Um, we'll we'll fight later in the season for that. So we're we're feeling pretty good about our ability to retool at wide receiver. Um, again, no disrespect to Kevin or Dylan. Um, they were great football players and great receivers um, and, and great defensive players especially. Um, we, we really like what we've got going on at the receiver position right now, so we're, we're pretty pumped about that. And tight end-wise, uh, who's in the – What's a tight end? <laughs> well, last year it was Dylan Ferdinand. <laughs> who's it going to be? <laughs> well, at least that's where he lined up some of the time, right? You're going to kind of – yeah, you okay. What's a tight end? <laughs> All right, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. You're just kind of yeah. It's that Listen, third I, receiver. It, I this isn't. This right isn't. No, I, it's you know. I think one of the things that that people need to always recognize about high school football is, um, you have to make the system fit what you got. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't the pros where we can go out and find guys who fit the system that we're trying to run. Sure. It's not college where you can go out and recruit guys who fit the system that you as a coach run. I have things that I love to run as a coach, but if I don't get the guys who can do that, my job is to create system and structure that, that gives my guys the best opportunity to succeed. And, and that's what we feel like we're doing. Um, the proof will be in the pudding. You know, it, this is all, it's all rhetoric right now, but you know, the proof will be in the pudding when we step to the field. But we, uh, you know, we like that. We think that we've done some things that fit the personnel that we have in this version 
of the Belmont Marauders. Okay. Well, it's, uh, I know this is more uh, Coach Pereira's specialty, but uh, talk a little bit about your defense this year, uh, You know the losses from last year, and who, who are some of the new faces, folks to watch on the defensive side of the ball uh, this yeah. season. Um, you know, the big losses for us were in Ben Jones and, and Kevin Martin. Um, those two guys in the in the safety core were experienced. They'd played since sophomore year. Uh, they were accustomed to seeing a lot of things out there and and kind of controlling the defense as it as it happened in front of them. So Ben know, was a pretty fierce uh, tackler. Good, too, if Ben's I a great tackler. Um, so we're you know working to get the next two guys up, kind of able to control their defensive shell um, back there a little bit. But the defense has had a pretty good week. Um, you know, Big Adam Deese is moving to the middle of the defense as an inside linebacker. He's been at outside for the last two years. Um, he's finally got his wish, um, and we're moving him into the mic spot um, so he can kind of play all over the field a little bit more. Ryan Noon is back at his end spot. Um, Connor Shea and Sagarian are battling out that other end spot right now. Derek Brown, the sophomore nose tackle, is um, one of the fastest kids I've seen off the ball. He's a sophomore. He's raw. Um, but his trigger off the ball is, you know, I, I got a couple kids I coached in Louisiana who got off the ball like that. Um, I haven't really seen too many <laughs> who do that since then. Um, Tyler Reynolds is obviously back at corner. He's been a great lockdown corner for us last year and as a sophomore. Um, Joe Vialli is back at the other corner. Jared Edwards is in the mix. I mean, we got a lot of guys. You know, we had whatever 12 seniors on the roster – I think, you know, four of them started, you know. So there's a lot of guys who have played a lot of football. We took our licks playing sophomores, you know, two years ago, juniors last year. These guys are – these guys – we got 19 seniors on the roster and probably, you know, 12 to 14 of them are contributing in various places on the field right now. And that's a, that's a pretty good place to be. Uh, back to uh, Deese for a moment there. You mentioned he's going to be your Mike, your inside linebacker. Now, I know typically on a pro-style set defense, that's kind of your defensive signal caller. Uh, you know, it kind of sets up the whole defenses. Is that the same responsibilities for a high school middle linebacker? Yeah, or? pretty much. I mean, we, we compartmentalize a little bit, you know. So uh, our inside linebackers, and we, we run a 3-4, so we run with two. Um, and so Caleb, Sam Harris, and Adam are kind of in this rotation right now in that spot um all of them have the kind of capacity to talk and and control you know caleb's a, a team captain and adam's not so in terms of the ranking you know caleb can can bark if he needs to but it's not really how those guys operate you know so yeah i mean adam and caleb both have really as seniors who have again played a lot of ball really doing a great job of controlling the defense in front of them and um but, yeah, that's definitely their role and their responsibility going forward. All right. Well, uh, and then we kind of wrap it up a little bit here. I mean, well, you can certainly th- – if, if I missed anybody, you could <laughs> you fill in here. Yeah. But I was going to bring up uh, your kicker, uh, Aiden Cadigan. Hero. Great to have him back for a senior year. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, boy, he was uh, he was exciting to watch for the home games that uh, got covered on BMC yeah. Sports. I mean, uh, obviously, the I keep calling it the walk-off kick. You know, technically, he kind of walked off after he kicked it. The field goal went through. They beat Arlington. You guys yep, beat Arlington. And he walked off, or he kind of ran off but uh, <laughs> and got mobbed by his teammates. But, uh, yeah, and I guess uh, what to get. A busy summer. He was uh, participating in a national scholarship camp yeah. and uh, 
uh, did very well there, and he's uh, looking to, you know, he's being considered a pretty decent uh, college prospect. He is. Uh, I mean, certainly, yeah, I mean, you already knew this. I mean, and his kickoff abilities, punting abilities, just yeah. talk I mean, about what I he think brings. We're, we're really excited to have a bunch of guys who are getting college look, first off, you know, and, and we've had a decent run. Um, Max went and played sprint football at Penn. Um, Makai is in his after a prep year at Canterbury is in his freshman year at Marist, full scholarship. Joe Shaughnessy has walked on and made the team at Bentley University, um, and is playing there as a tight end. And Grant Gilbert is playing safety at WPI. You know, so we've got four guys. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody. I don't think I did. We've got four guys playing at the next level right now. You know, Jake Pollock is getting great look from the NESCAC schools. So, you know, he's going to be a college football player. Adam, I love all this D3 football talk because that's my right. – I went to a D3 school, and uh, the broadcasting I've done has been yeah. for a, D3, a um, lot of D3 college football. You know, so. Adam is, is going to play college ball at a high level next year. I mean, that kid's six foot four. 247 pounds so he and runs a five flat 40 he's gonna yeah that might gonna, be beyond d3 that'd be yeah, really good he's, D3, no he's he's beyond. not he's gonna play beyond d3 football yeah. um you know so he's gonna play ball uh jared edwards the junior receiver he's gonna play ball in college um aiden is gonna kick in college uh he's gonna be a high level kicker i mean aiden is is i'm really lucky there's no there's no uh, this kid just fell into my lap um and he, I think he's one of the best kickers in the state of Massachusetts. I think his long this offseason was 55, um, you know, in camps. He had a great elite camp at New England Elite. Coach Pappas runs over at Bentley University. He did the Coles kicking showcases in camps. He's been all over the place kicking. Um, and he's really self-motivated and self-driven. We're a high school football program in Massachusetts. We don't have a kicker's coach. So Aiden drills himself. He's accumulated all of this knowledge and all of this drill set from all these various camps and coaches that he's worked with. And, you know, he just constantly, from the moment he gets out onto the field, and he's not just putting the ball on in the middle of the field and kicking field goals all day. You know, he's, he's working on his hash kicks. He's looking at the win and giving himself against the win kicks. He's giving himself with the win kicks. He's working on his kickoff technique. He's working on his onside technique. He's working on his pop kick technique. He's working on his punt technique, his coffin punt technique, his short field punt. Like, this kid is just... One of the most self-driven and motivated guys I've I've been lucky enough to come across, and he puts himself in into sprints when he feels that he's not performing up to his his own expectations. You know, I'll look over and Aiden's running a gasser, and I'm like, "What's Aiden doing?" And he goes, "He shanked it right, and he's pissed at himself, so he's he's running he's running himself." Um, there you go. You don't find a lot of guys like that, so we're really excited to have him, and he's going to have a great season. Yeah, he's his own toughest coach, it sounds like. Fact. You mentioned that he fell into your lap, though. Uh, I, we probably talked about this last season when we discussed uh, Aiden. Uh, did he play soccer? Is that his background uh, originally before football? or? I don't know. That's a really just, good question. Oh, okay. Maybe um, we didn't came, talk. I thought we talked about it. I don't it. know. He came right out for football freshman year, so I, he didn't play high school soccer. Oh, okay. Um, well, and right. we joke because – I'll tell you something right now. Aiden Cadigan's not a bad athlete. You know, this is a kid who could, you know, mix it up a little bit, wide receiver and defensive back if we let him. Um, but he's he's a big commodity for us, <laughs> you know. Mm. And, and so we really, you know, and he's not pushing it that hard, but we really, we really, uh, we need him at, at kicker and punter. And he's working with our younger guys behind him. Yeah. Um, young Hampton Trout is a great kicker right behind Aiden. He's a sophomore. You know, okay. so Aiden's working with Hampton and refining his kicking game as he's, you know, now Hampton's playing wide receiver and cornerback 
also. Mm-hmm. So the amount of time he has to work on his kicking game is a little bit less than Aiden's. But uh, he's our kicker. He's our he's our KOS guy, kickoff yep. specialist guy. He's our PAT field goal guy. He's our punter. I mean, if it involves kicking a football, Aiden Cadigan's doing it this year. But you did mention all-around athlete. Hmm. Yep, he's an athlete. Yeah, which means you could maybe use him in other <laughs> ways besides ki- – I don't want to let too much out of the bag there. I'm sure you might have a – What's a fake punt? Practicing. Yeah, right. What's a, what's a, what's a tight end? I don't I, know I, what I know, that I is. It. What's a cubit? Okay. Uh, let's <laughs> – that that okay let's nice move one. on oh you at least you got that okay, i did good all right let's uh well let's uh, kind of uh wrap were there any other players you wanted to particularly like spotlight or guys that we might want to watch for this year or that you're that you you've been impressed with during uh you know your your week you know your couple weeks of practices here who's uh kind of surprised maybe somebody new on the scene someone's yeah. fallen in, another person that's fallen, fallen in your lap. lap i mean i think <laughs> i think we've i think we've uh we've We've touched on a lot of the guys that we think are going to be direct contributors this year. In terms of kind of, you know, pleasant surprises, um, you know, we've been here long enough that there aren't a ton of them anymore. These kids are working from January to, to the, you know, the middle of August getting ready for football. So we see them a lot, you know, and, and my coaches do such a fantastic job. I mean, we run four lifts a week from January 3rd to August 14th, you know, and, and those are getting staffed by, by me and by our assistants. And so they see these guys, you know, throughout the year. Um, but our, our rising from the freshman program kids going into sophomore year and all credit to Mike and his staff, the guys who came back for sophomore year, you know, there, there's some football players there. You know, so guys like Joe Hurley, who's he's not he's probably not going to have a massive varsity contribution this year. But, you know, he's showing these flashes of being a great varsity player. Justin Roach, they play the same position on both sides of the ball. This kid, Justin Rocha, you know, and they're just nipping at each other's heels constantly. Ryan Santoro in the sophomore, you know, in the middle of our defense. I think Ryan, we ran like something like 164 offseason sessions and Ryan attended 160 of them. That's a lot of workouts. Mm. You know, and and, you know, so there's a lot of those guys who are kind of perking up a little bit as sophomores. Derek Brown, another one, you know, um, who have just it's been I wouldn't say that we're pleasantly surprised by like a specific individual, but I think that we're really pleasantly surprised by their attitude towards the sport, their coachability uh, and the 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 motor that they have a little bit. Ryan was playing scout defense today and, you know, got a little bit turned around and and ran into a block that he shouldn't have run into and got planted a little bit and popped right back up with a little bit of vinegar in his veins, you know. And you like to see that out of a out of a sophomore. There's no sense of fear or tentative, you know, nature to the football. These guys are, you know, we have the best scout team on both sides of the ball right now that we've ever had. These guys are executing, and there's a lot of one offensive guys who aren't playing on defense right now. So those guys are going over on scout, and they're playing scout against our one defense. So we're getting varsity ones against varsity ones, which is always the goal. I mean, in a perfect world, we have an entire one offensive unit, an entire one defensive unit, and that's all they do, and that's all they focus on, and then they they match against each other in practice. That's how colleges do it, and there's nobody yeah. playing. But this is high school football, so there's you know seven or eight guys, nine guys, ten guys, or whatever who are playing both sides of the ball. Um, we have a, a couple of guys who aren't doing that this year, and, and that gives us a lot of freedom to run a great scout. And the younger guys who are clocking in, man, they're they're giving us a great scout look. So that's kind of been 
if I had to pick a pleasant surprise, that's probably at the top of the list. Now you've alluded to the you you did there, and you talk about players like you know self motivators like like an Aiden Cadigan. But you know, bringing this back to now your fourth year here uh, running the, the Belmont football program, uh, do you notice uh, the difference now between year one and year four, where a lot of these guys are more self starters, and you're not like constantly on top of them quite as much? And you think, I mean, obviously that, and the rest of your coaching staff is just really rubbed off, especially like on you know the seniors who've been here. You know, they don't know any other coach but you yeah I mean you know I think that that there's I I have to find a way to to say this because in no way do I want to denigrate the guys who came before every 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 version of ourselves that we have had has made a contribution to where we are today um, so yeah, if you came and watched us practice nine, this was practice nine today. If you came and watched us practice nine in year one, and you came and watched us practice nine today, it doesn't look like the same program. Period. In terms of how drills are being run, in terms of the amount of rep we're getting, in terms of what we're teaching, in terms of what our starting point is, in terms of what we're doing offensively, defensively, the language that we're speaking, yeah, we're 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 worlds away from where we began, but. If those guys in year one, you know, didn't have the patience and the wherewithal to be leaders and to stick to this game and to work as hard, hard, as hard as they, hard as they, as they could, could to do what we were teaching them to do. And same thing for the guys in year two who took it a step further. And same thing for the guys in year three who took it a step further. You know, when we reach the, the goals that we've set for ourselves and we achieve them, and, and we do some of these things that we, you know, we want to be able to do and we think we can do and win games that we think we can win. You know, we say it a lot. Those wins belong to, to every single one of those guys who, who walk in there and have contributed to the, to the growth of Marauder football in, in, in our era. And I say ours because, you know, everybody this is the Q era, whatever. I have – you know, eight guys working on my staff year in and year out, and those guys are the ones who are doing 80% of the teaching and working and coaching, man. I am only as good as the guys who are grinding with me, both the coaches and the players, you know. And so, like, we had uh, a kid come back, graduated a year ago, two years ago. Justin Arroyan came back. Um, he was driving by down Concord Ave and saw the team out there and part pulled over and parked and came walking out on the field and, you know, hung out for practice. Did and, a quick 50 push up. Yeah. Right? No. Just felt like, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> even, he, so even he said, he, he goes, man, what a difference. I, and I look at him, I go, watch this play, you know, and, and we run this play that has moving parts and all these things. And, you know, those guys didn't get to do that. It's not that they couldn't have done that. If we'd gotten those guys when they were freshmen and grown them for four years and we'd be there too with those guys, sure. you know, so it's not a knock on the guys before them. It's just a question of time. And these, this class was a good freshman class. They've stayed together. You know, there's not a lot of guys who walked away from it, you know, in that class. They've come up together. They've had their their trials and tribulations as youngsters and sophomores together, played some as juniors together, and now it's their team and their legacy time. And um, so, yeah, it's it's. I will say from a personal perspective, like it is it is really cool to when you do get an opportunity to take a step back, and and think about where we started and where we are. But that just clocks me into how far we have yet to go, 
brother. We've got a long way still to go. You know, we're we're okay. Four years, like that's the first step of this journey of a hundred steps. You know, um, and I'm hoping to, get, you know, get to do this job for as long as I'm I'm physically and mentally able to do it and and accomplish some things. Well, at least ten here. more years. At least ten more years. <laughs> no, I just that was a pre- yeah. That's my that was, that was a pre-interview. Todd is Todd is referring to my. <laughs> To my run to the to the foothills of Northern California and build a house for myself plan, um, but you know it, you're gonna become a mountain man. You already got the beard. Well, you just let the beard go a little bit. Yeah, more. the beard's starting out. You know, so um, by the end of the season, it'll look more. Usually, mountain it rugged. gets pretty. It gets pretty. Uh, it gets pretty gnarly. I think that's what they would say out in Northern California. Yes. It gets pretty gnarly. Yes, they would. Well, we'll wrap this up. We'll wrap up week one. And again, uh, you know, so glad to have you back here for uh, season two of, of these uh, weekly interviews. Again, Coach Q, and uh, if you want to post questions, Q's for Q is the hashtag, and we'll uh, we'll make sure we put that on every link we have to each of these po- uh, podcasts. Send podcasts, questions. Whatever. Yeah, send questions, please. Comments, whatever. Anything you want to ask. Football questions, even non-football questions. Coach Q is a uh, whatever you is, want. Is a Renaissance man. He can discuss eh. just about anything at length. <laughs> well, he's very loquacious. It's coming right back. To, the, the kid has a fat mouth. That's, that's, about- what, that's the truth. <laughs> Let's talk about the schedule a little bit here, and we'll kind of lead this into the goals for the season sure. which of course at the top of the program you mentioned you didn't make the goals from last year and I assume those are probably a lot of the, the same goals you're going to yeah. look at this year. Uh, I noticed at the beginning uh, for your non-league opponents no Stoneham, no Medford. We've got you're, you're playing at Milton on September 8th to start the season. Yeah. The home opener which I believe is going to be a BMC sports production. Uh, debut of the new Harrisfield press box which I am looking forward to. Looks nice. I called games in the old press box so that just tells you I'm very old. They did good uh, work. <laughs> they, Looks nice up there. It does? Okay, good. Glad to hear that. Uh, that'll be uh, an opener. That's against Framingham, also non-league, uh, before you get into the league schedule. By the way, some good home uh, uh, Middlesex League games on the schedule. you got yep. Woburn, Reading, and Lexington all coming in. All teams you lost to last year. Actually, you haven't, I don't think you've beaten any of those teams yet uh, as yet. a head coach, but you've gotten close on on some of those. So, uh, But uh, just talk about the first two opponents, Milton, Framingham. Is it just more of a where you're at and you know, your program's progressing a little and you're just moving into yeah, some different I mean, opponents? Yeah, um, I uh, Bob, the- Bob and I talked and kind of decided that we were tired of playing each other. Um, I, I wanted to I wanted to play again. I haven't beaten him, you know. Right. And, and, oh, that's and, why he's tired of it. He, you no, know, he can it, sense it's getting close. Though. No, I mean, I, I you <laughs> know, Bob will not beat the Bobby's master. a Bobby's a Bobby's a competitor, you know. So yeah. if if I think if we really pushed at it, he definitely would have played us again. And and you know, I think he he has a lot of respect for me, and I have a ton of respect for him. Um, it if that was something that was kind of, again, sounds really corny to say, it was kind of affecting our friendship, you know, because we weren't talking going into that week, you know, and then you play the game and somebody's always going to be grumpy. And for the last three years, that's been me, you know. <laughs> so then we don't talk for like four or five weeks or a month. And, and that's, you know, we're two guys that really like talking football to each other. And so there was like an aspect of a personal relationship that just got removed because our two programs were playing each other. And we're both super competitive guys. I mean, I learned from him. So there's yeah. a, there, you know, there's a piece of that, of that of that coaching approach and style that's in me you know you learn from the guys who taught you and mentored you and bob is one of one of my greatest mentors in this. bob almeida that bob, is for bobby those, almeida yeah, you know um, for those of us that are somewhat new to the not, yeah. not me but some of our listeners might be new to the so to, so to we uh we we kind of mutually decided that it was time to move on from the game that game in week one and um it's been i think a really positive decision and and you know bobby and i get to bounce stuff off of each other and talk about common opponents and do the things that we really like to do. And, um, 
Medford uh, dropped us. They're moving to the NEC. Um, the contract was up. What's the what the uh, conference is that? This is the I think it's the Northeastern Conference. It's the collapsed GBL is going up there. So someone oh, was going okay. in there too. Everett's heading into the NEC. Um, so Medford's moving up there. There's more teams in that league. They don't have as many open dates from what I understand, and so that forced them to drop one of their open game schedules, um, which was us. I wish those guys nothing but the best. They've been a you know a, they were obviously our our first win. Uh, as a program then there was the the close game and really close game in year two where we came back from behind to win it with the with the touchdown pass to from cal to shaughnessy and then last year we we had a good day um so i wish coach naz and his staff the best they've been really quality guys in the three years that we've played them um and i'm sure they'll have a successful season so yeah anyway you want to make sure you get to harris field early and often because there's a lot of uh, three home games in september yep. alone we mentioned the uh, the home opener september 15th against framingham uh woburn on the 22nd reading is the 28th that's a thursday is that uh yeah i believe that, i believe so is that like to, an sat uh, week no or something, it's or? um it's either rosh hashanah or yom kippur Ooh, okay got it that so that you know we sense. say okay. we say yom tov and, little little, and little play, thursday night lights play a little early case. thursday night football yeah okay well i know uh, i know most of these home games and then of course October 13th against Lexington and then of course uh, any potential playoff or non-playoff depending which way things go uh, there could be some other games at yeah. Harrisfield as well I know this year of course the Thanksgiving Day game will be at Watertown it will uh, but uh, so yeah so make sure you get out to Harrisfield early support the team no question goals for the season well as you know we mentioned this at the top or you mentioned at the top you know you went into last year you wanted to have the winning record make the playoffs and beat Watertown I assume those goals obviously are all still there would you be adding or amending anything to we're not going to add that... or amend goals until we accomplish yeah, those three you probably know, th- makes sense those are yep. those are uh i think you know especially since we were so close to making the playoffs last year and again point wise we were we were really close to having a winning record i know mm-hmm. we didn't finish with having a winning record but point wise we were really close to doing that um and so yeah those are our those are definitely our three goals you know we want to make the playoffs we want to have a winning record and <laughs> This is the Middlesex. Well, the la- and the last two years against Watertown, you've lost by combined eight points on, on Turkey Day. So, <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, it's, you're, you're there. I mean, it's you're right there with them. I yeah, mean, I mean, last year they we, we, we spotted them. You know, we, we spotted them a first half, and we really didn't turn on until the second. And, and But, you, boy, when you did, it really was fun. Yeah, but you the, can't – Watertown's a well-coached team and a good football team with yeah, talent. You know, you can't, you can't give those guys 22 minutes. You know, they're going to take it every time. And, and – the year before, I mean, that was a close one too. We thought we had it sealed up with the mm-hmm. with the toss play around the edge. It got called back on hold. You know, um, I still watch that cut. I think there's that news radio station in New York that says, "Give us 22 minutes, and we'll give you the." World. There you go. Give us 22 <laughs> minutes, and we'll give you the world. Right. Well, in this case, don't give it to one. Right. You can't. You can't give <laughs> Coach Kakachi and his yeah. guys 22 minutes of free football. If mm-hmm. you do that, they're going to beat you every time. So one of our focuses definitely this year is to play a complete game. You know, and to play play a good 44 minutes, a quality 44 minutes of disciplined football, um, we are three months away from that. So, you know, right now we've got a scrimmage on Saturday morning against Waltham. Um, right now our focus is there. And then we've got to go, you know, in traffic on a Friday night down to Milton um, to play a very – like they're they're the Division Four South champions. They're number one ranked down there, um, one division down from us. Coach Dembo uh, is – Steve Dembowski is, is a great – He's a legend. Um, they're fast. They're on a spread offense, fast spread offense. You know, so after we're we're done with uh, getting getting through Waltham, we'll 
we'll uh, turn our attentions to how it is that we're going to approach that. I love the way one of the first things you mentioned when it comes to going down to Milton, you know, Friday night traffic. You know, you're thinking of the Friday you gotta night traffic. You got to think right. about that stuff. Well, yeah, the rest of us who don't live in the football universe yeah. the way you do all the time, Coach. Uh, you know, you got to you got to you got to you got to think about that stuff. You got to get these guys ready. Fun. You know, it's yeah. for people who haven't done it. It's not that it's not the easiest thing in the world no. to sit on a school bus for an hour and 40 minutes and then get off the bus and be jacked up to play a football game. Sure. You know, so that's something also that we kind of have to practice and do so um and obviously in the middle sex we never have to travel more than about 20 minutes 30 minutes yeah so, right and the, uh, so this, this is, is this is new for us yeah last year we had to travel to drake it and that didn't end up so well for us so yeah whoops <laughs> yep there you go and uh yeah i'm losing my headset here for a second no uh, well and you know we've uh uh, we, we've come to the end of an hour, so we, we filled an hour, which was great. Wow. Uh, I know. As, as always, Coach, I can thank you for that, and I, I'm looking forward to these interviews all season. Me too. But, but as the first interview goes, and I, I know we, you know, at this point we want to probably wrap things up. I have a feeling you oh, like I can't to wait to things. eat. I'm, yes, so, I'm thank starving. You. I was waiting for But, you know, maybe share a couple thoughts. Uh, you know, Patriot season starts as well. I know your mind is focused on Belmont High School football. Yeah. I get it. But, uh, you know, I know sometimes, you you know, you look up and you, you, like, <laughs> you look to, to Belichick and the Patriots for maybe a little guidance or you know whatever yeah, at times I mean, I mean what what are your early thoughts there i mean can the patriots overcome the uh the julian Edelman oh, yeah. uh, injury i mean uh, obviously like it's you know, you know losing julian is is a big loss and but i'm i'm a i'm a when it comes to the football field i am a, a craft and belichick just they know what they're doing um they have a plan obviously they lost a great player they have a plan in place schematically and personnel wise to deal with that they have the best quarterback in the history of football and an offensive line that is really maturing um with Dante Scarnecchia there um so yeah having him back made a huge uh, difference last year it really just, felt like that line clicked he's 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 such a good coach it's just you know getting an opportunity to do a little bit of clinicking up with him was one of the highlights of my coaching career to get to learn from from Coach Skarnecki a little bit, um, but yeah, I think they're I think that they're in good shape. Gronky stays healthy, you know, all the way through. Um, you like the Brandon Cooks edition? I do. Gonna, uh, I do like the Brandon Cooks edition. I mean, I see this. it does provide a different dimension that they the Patriots haven't necessarily had much of in their in the the Brady led offense. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's been a while since we've kind of had a size vertical threat receiver. You know what I mean? Like somebody with some 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 big some big yeah <laughs> um outside of Gronk you know I mean I'm I'm trying to think I mean I got well you saw go... a little bit of it with Hogan uh, Chris Hogan last yeah but he's too, not but... he doesn't have that size he's just not no. this, he's not he's not as big and I have to go all the way back to Randy you know and I know mm, Randy's well, like yeah. one of a kind but well, you know yeah he's a freak <laughs> and we've never brought we've never brought a lot of those guys in here over the last 10 years because mm. that doesn't I think really play into what it is that they're trying to do in their offense but you know it's nice to see somebody that can kind of vertically stretch the field a little bit and yeah i'll be interested you know. to see what i would like. love to see some megatron i was hoping yeah. i was hoping for megatron but right now i'm caught up in in kyrie irving that's where i'm okay well hey where I'm this is right hey time out for sports talk we can do it all why don't you <sighs> give me some early give me your thoughts on this it has turned into a hot mess i will agree i was excited it has. To, you know and i'll let me start off by saying because i haven't had a chance to talk about this really on air either uh you know hey i love isaiah thomas you know the guy's 
you know, he's, he, his heart is 6'10". Unfortunately, his body's <laughs> only 5'9". Yeah. And 5'9 in the NBA over 82 games plus uh, playoffs is going to wear you down, and yep. it did. Uh, you know, and then you, you throw in the hip, too. I just think long-term, there was the questions when he's a free agent next year. I don't think you're going to give him max money. I'm not necessarily sure no, that would be the best thing. Nor so, should you. Right. So you have a chance to upgrade at that position. Kyrie Irving, upgrade. Yeah, right. So I'm with you. You know, even trading the Brooklyn pick, which I would have liked to see them hang on to, but you got to give to get. Yep. They didn't trade Jalen Brown. They didn't trade Jason Tatum. <laughs> Not yet. So, so now, but now we've got Cleveland going crazy here, going, wait a minute. What do you, I mean, I, I could throw out a conspiracy theory here and say after they finalized this deal and announced it to the league, all of a sudden Phoenix comes calling, oh, yeah, Eric Bledsoe, you yeah. want him now. Well, you know, we'll give him to you now. And then Maybe. Cleveland goes, wait I mean, a minute. Uh, these, uh, the, 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 uh, the medicals on Isaiah. They could, they could, confused. they could conspiracy. I mean, it, it could, it could be. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Isaiah is a B, a B point guard, a B plus point guard. Um, and we all love and him. I so get there's it. He's this, a fan there's favorite, this emotional you know? attachment to Isaiah sure. because he's such a great guy. And, and everything you went through during the playoffs. You know, everything last that you year, went through really. and to come in and play after that. It's right. just, you know, you your heart goes out to the guy. If you remove all that emotionality from it, and then people say, like, well, you know, their scoring totals aren't that different. Well, yeah, Kyrie Irving's been playing with the best player in the world. So your scoring totals are gonna drop because Isaiah was really the only true scorer we had last year so his his scoring totals are going to be high i love the trade i think it's a great i think as it existed right then i think it's a, i think it's a great trade you know they're they're and fair for both sides right yep. I mean, and there's know. no there unless you're talking about you know Heath, Heathcliff slocum for jason varitek there's there's no there's no one-sided <laughs> trade really i mean there are but like you're not yeah. going to get a player like kyrie Impressive. irving with a one-sided year trade. trade you just pulled out oh i love that trade that that's one of my favorite trades in baseball of, history oh one of my favorites too believe me but, um yeah. but i think i think cleveland's gonna i think that I mean, obviously they knew that IT had some hip issues. I think they're I don't think they're using this as leverage around the league because I don't think it's gonna work. But I definitely think that they're they're using it to try and leverage to get one of the two youngsters. Um and And we I, all know what Danny's saying, except we won't say it here because Danny's podcast, I, I'm convinced that Danny's plan I was having this argument with my neighbor across the street. Scotty, if you're listening, um, we had this <laughs> well, conversation. Tell Scotty to listen. We had this tell conversation him. the other night. Um you know, I, I think they're saying we're gonna trade this pick. Uh, we're going to pull this guy in. We're, that'll take us to the Eastern Conference Finals this year with the potential to win it, you know, at least more of a potential to win it than we had. So you think they're going to flip the Brooklyn pick? Yeah. Okay. I, no, well, like this- I, I thought what they were going to do was give give the Brooklyn pick, give Crowder and the other tall uh, tall dude. Oh, anti-Zizic. Yeah, I have trouble with his name. Yeah. Right? Flip Zizic, give him the Brooklyn pick. Jay Crowder, go. See you later. And IT, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then I think they're going to hold on to – obviously they're going to hold on to Brown and Tatum, and one of those two guys is going to be a marquee guy in the league. So they're going to wait two, a year or two years. Kyrie's only 26. You wait two sure. years, trade the worst of those two for the last piece of the – the last ready-now piece of the puzzle. That's what I think Danny Ainge wants to do. Package, you know, Brown and a draft pick – because it's not like we don't have enough of them. 
Yeah, back. but the best of those picks she had might be the Brooklyn pick. It is, no moved, no doubt. Know. But it's not like, you know, a first-round pick is a first-round mm. pick, you know. So I think they're going to package Brown, probably one other player, and another pick to get one final addition to this piece. Do you have somebody in mind? I mean, we— Not off the, not off the not top Not the of my guy head. down in New Orleans? Not <sighs> not Anthony Davis? I mean, that's the Maybe. one that's been bounced about. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not I sure mean, that'd be enough anyway. I think I think right now, I don't think they're looking to do it now. So, you know, I think they're they're waiting to see what pans out with the two with the two youngsters. But I think Tatum's gonna be a heck of a player. And Jalen Brown, I've always been a Jalen Brown fan. Yeah, the I kids, think the kids a stud. Both guys look like they have a tremendous amount of upside. And then if and and if they both mature, then everybody's a winner. Right. Got, then you got a squad. I mean a squad. Right. Like let's go to the finals. But I mean it's all moot because everybody's gonna lose to Golden State anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> so why do they even so play? Why you, we should honestly just not play the right, season. Right, just cancel the season and give another title. And to be perfectly home, honest, like I know that basketball is a sport of dynasties, but you know, one of the things and and I could say this about the NFL too, but like I feel like in the NFL that there's this there's this sense of parity that at any moment in time and because it's only a one game playoff structure, at any moment in time anybody can win. And that's just not true in the NBA anymore. And that's, that's I'm not sure a lot of the NFL feels that way watching what Belichick and the Patriots no, are doing. But the, no, but they've I, lost I, games. I mean, I, they've I lost Super it, yes, Bowls. I they've know, lost I AFC know. championships, you know. I, I, and, and so that's the thing that's really kind of just like I get your point. Just, just rubbing me the wrong way, you know. First, it was the 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 drifting away from the team basketball, the late '80s, early '90s. Yep. Yeah. You know that that bothered me. The collapse of tough defense. The subjectivity of officiating in the NBA is the worst in any of the leagues. No other sport can an official control a game like they can in a basketball game. And I, I used to love basketball. I'm horrible at it, but I used to love it. And, um, you know, the league's kind of, eh, you know, I kind of have that feeling. And the Celtics team's rejuvenating me a little bit. I love Kyrie Irving, so I'll be really happy. Even watching the Warriors hasn't given you a little rejuvenate. I mean, watching nope. the way they like a guy like Steph Curry, the way he just shoots from like anywhere yeah. in the building and can make shots. I yeah, mean, I mean that video game type shot definitely is like, wow, oh my god, look at that. Right, because it's not a video game. He right, because it's do real it. life. <laughs> He's really doing it. But there's also then like a part of me that's just like, well, yeah. I mean, if I went down to the Garden with you know, Clay and Steph Curry and Durant, I'd probably win an NBA game. And if you've ever watched me play basketball, that thought of that is laughable. And that just yep. bothers me in a weird way. You know, I'm not mad at any of these guys for chasing their ring or getting their contract. This is another thing Scotty and I talk about because he thinks all these guys are selfish. And I'm like, well, it's the market, man. What do you want them to do? Yeah. You want them to not take the money? I mean, the money's there. The market's there. You got a problem. You got a problem with the market. Don't have a problem with the guy. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game. And they've tried to change rules to the CBA to get players to stay with their own teams because they cannot, you know, yep. the, the bird rule, you know, the bird exception. You know, so and and since I came up in the in the you know late '80s, I mean, that was my exposure to the NBA and like the end of the Celtic dynasty. You yeah. know, and so like. I don't know. I Blame mean, it on Jordan. Jordan kind of that and uh, I know, but I that love, and NBC I and they were all market right. No, I but, know it's true. But Jordan got to the right. You're starting to market the individuals, not the, the team, individual, right. not the team. And then like right. the it's Bulls kind of, became Jordan. But even yeah. that Bulls team was like still a team. I mean, there you know you got Blame John Tesh and Round Ball Rock. <laughs> probably one of the all time great sports themes. I, I got well do, I'm still meaning to do a Toddcast on that someday. You well know, played. You bring it back around. You did mention you think that Ainge is you know probably going to make that next trade for the big player. It yeah. wouldn't be a shock if he did, because think about it. Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, the Brooklyn pick, 
Those were all things that Danny acquired in other deals where he fleeced other guys. Yep. I mean, so now he's turning around and flipping all those fleeces for what arguably could be another one. In, this in is Kyrie the other Irvine. conversation that I have with Scotty on a regular basis. So, Scotty, this is literally, I'm going to tell him to listen because this is like the Scotty show. Okay. Scotty, like. Yes, yeah, Scotty. Fireworks. Scotty. We got him. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> we, we promised four years ago we're going to get fireworks. There, my my, my issue ago. sometimes is that, like, I feel like Boston fans have a tendency to just be very short-sighted in what the long-range plans of these guys are. So, like, these moves get made, and everybody's like, duh, 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 for this one move. And I'm sitting there going, Danny Ainge has a four-year plan. There's a three or four. The notion that he's just He flipping, better, because look at the Warriors right now. The notion that he's just flipping chips right now. <laughs> yeah. He's not trying. Like, if we win now, it's a bonus, you know? He's trying to make the East. we got to make the playoffs and make the ECF. We do that, we got shot. But from a market perspective, you did your job. You know, you made the playoffs, the money's coming in, well played. Building a team that's going to beat Cleveland, which I think is going to happen in the next couple of years, but then more importantly beat the Warriors, who don't seem to be going anywhere in the foreseeable future, um, that's going to take a year or two to get those pieces in play. You can't do that very often. Sure, one off exactly. seasons. I mean, the year. I mean, this only happened because Kyrie said, you know, he he all of a sudden yeah. got mad at uh, LeBron. I don't want to play here you anymore. Can't blame him. And demanded a trade. He, yeah, but is it LeBron's going to be gone in a year anyway? Why couldn't he have like sucked it up? You know, no offense. Here I am, kind of backtracking. I mean, I love Kyrie coming here, but he could have sucked it up for a year and said, you know, this will be my team when LeBron leaves. It, LeBron is leaving, right? When, I mean, when he's the, going to jilt Cleveland man, again. When the, when the Earth is flat, your options seem substantially <laughs> more limited. You know, and that's something that you have to understand he felt uh, like he got to the end of the road yeah. and for him that end of the road means the end of the road yeah but, well right but but now that, that Kyrie's coming to Boston I mean can't we bring him to the harbor and look to look out on the look at that that's it's not like flat. that Twitter joke that's those going boats around are, those those boats aren't going, going over the, it's like that it's like that <laughs> Twitter line that's going around it's like what's what's Kyrie gonna say when the first Boston sports reporter comes up and says hey I'm so-and-so from the globe uh <laughs> That's great. What I, happens? I didn't, I didn't think of that. No, he goes, no, you're from the flat. You're from the flat. We do a team oh, building, yeah. right, every year that's right. called Build a Shape. Yeah. We split the kids oh. into teams, and they have to use use their team to construct a shape, often movable. So, like, one this year was, like, a shark attack. Mm-hmm. They had to build a shark attack. The last one was Kyrie Irving's Earth. Oh, and it was hilarious. Oh, God, I can only imagine what that looked like. It was like. great. It was so funny. Uh, well, well, you know, hey, you know, coach, we may have to make a separate segment for you. You want to get into some hoops talk? Yeah, we, we talk hoops, spin off, talk or, some Bruins or, hockey, yeah. talk some Pats football. There you, know, you go. I, I Plenty love it. of it. I know. I know. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to talking a lot of Thank Belmont you, football too. with you as well. Again, uh, thanks to uh, to Coach Q. He's going to be here all season. So, uh, you know, send those questions and comments. Again, the hashtag on Twitter is uh, at Q's or not at, you know, it's hashtag Q's for Q. Yep. Q-S-F-O-R-Q, you know, the... Uh, uh, the drill again as we uh, want to remind you that all of these podcasts with uh, Coach Q are going to be found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcast also on soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media that's a free app by the way so you can download that app uh, on both iTunes and Google Play Store so definitely do so uh, and then links to our weekly interviews with Coach Q will be posted on both Facebook and Twitter you can become a Facebook fan by searching Time Out for Sports Talk our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC Coach Q's Twitter handle at QCoach and uh, also at Marauder Football. Until next week, for Coach Q, I am Todd Bloniars, and we want to thank you for joining and checking the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. <laughs>